Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Hey, I'm Alex Guillen. I cover EPA at Politico. Okay, so a hypothetical time. One night you uh, go out to eat dinner at the burger bar around the corner uh, where they make their hamburgers out of carbon dioxide. I know, I know, but don't think about the flavor. So let's say those burgers work out to be a thousand calories. That's not too bad for a nice, juicy restaurant burger. So then the next night, you decide to check out this other burger joint, a neighborhood over. It's called HFC Burgers. Their burgers are the same size and weight as that carbon dioxide burger you had the night before. But then as you're digging in, suddenly you notice on the menu, they have the little calorie counts listed there. And these HFC burgers are a lot higher calorie than the CO2 burger you had the night before. Some of them have 50,000 calories. One of them has 14.8 million calories in one burger. That's going to be a lot harder to work out on the elliptical. Now you've been to both burger places. Which burger place is going to be easier to cut out of your life? What the hell have you carnivores been up to while I was away? (laughs) I know, I know. But listen, in that hypothetical, you know, those burgers weren't made out of uh, meat. So um, from a vegetarian standpoint, perfectly safe to eat. From a nutritional standpoint, maybe not so much. Or a taste standpoint. (laughs) Well, that too. I'm Annie Snyder. This is Politico Energy. And today, Alex Guillen on America's new low HFC diet. And no, HFC isn't Hawaiian fried chicken. It's Friday, September 24th. Alex, it's been more than a decade since Congress's last major attempt at a cap-and-trade bill died. But I hear that we're finally getting an emissions trading program. Is that right? We are. Congress actually enacted, uh, yeah, a law that requires EPA to write a cap-and-trade rule for a type of greenhouse gas. It's amazing. Okay, so what are we talking about here? What What is this gas? When it comes to greenhouse gases, of course, the big boy is carbon dioxide and um, that comes out of power plants and tailpipes and lots of other sources. Um, it's 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 the major driver. Uh, but there are other gases that uh, human activity emits that also contribute to climate change, and they tend to be more potent than carbon dioxide. Um, but today we're here to talk about hydrofluorocarbons or HFCs, and it's a it's sort of a family of chemicals that are used in refrigerators, air conditioners, dehumidifiers. Their use as a coolant in refrigerators and air conditioners is really the the primary use there. Okay, so do I definitely have these in my house instead of the ozone-depleting chemical that used to be in my air conditioner? Is is this what's replaced that? Yeah, there's a good chance. And the reason is because uh, of the Montreal Protocol that passed in the late 80s. The problem was when we switched away from those ozone-depleting substances, a lot of people started using... Um, HFCs, hydrofluorocarbons. They don't harm the ozone layer, so that's good, but they are a potent greenhouse gas. And so since the 80s, that's become a much bigger concern and much more widely recognized. So that's why HFCs are now so prevalent in all our cooling systems. Okay, so the Biden administration has decided to take on HFCs. So what exactly are they going to do? Yeah, so in December, um, when Republicans still control the Senate and when Donald Trump was still president, um, lawmakers actually reached a bipartisan deal 
to uh, give EPA the authority to um, significantly curb HFCs. So they passed that law in very late December. And now this week, we're seeing some of the first fruits of that anyway, with EPA writing a rule that will, by 2036, reduce HFC production and consumption in the U.S. by 85%. So one of the points that really stuck out to me in your story was this idea that making major reductions in HFCs and methane buys the world more time to tackle the carbon dioxide problem. So help me understand, how does this HFC effort fit into the Biden administration's broader plan to tackle climate change? Yeah, so HFCs and methane, they're both much more potent than carbon dioxide. Um, Like I mentioned sort of earlier here in this podcast, um, HFCs can be, they range anywhere from like 50 times as potent as carbon dioxide to uh, almost 15,000 times as potent as carbon dioxide. My goodness. So how does this work into the overall climate agenda? Curbing HFC and methane emissions now means that there's more time to work on the bigger carbon dioxide problem because it'll reduce near-term warming. The, these These methane and HFCs, They're a lot more potent than carbon dioxide, but they don't last as long in the atmosphere, only a few decades. Uh, Carbon dioxide lasts a lot longer than that. So in addition to lasting longer in the atmosphere, we emit so, so much more carbon dioxide than we do methane or HFCs. So um, they're relatively smaller parts of the pie, but they're the parts of the pie um, that we can act on fastest and sort of get the biggest bang for our buck right now. So that's why you're seeing such a focus on these so-called super pollutants out of the White House is that's the part we can we can do the most on quickly uh, and at the lowest cost right now. And there's an international effort on HFCs too, right? Where does that stand and has the U.S. formally bought in? Yeah, Gina McCarthy, when she was the EPA administrator in 2016, and John Kerry, when he was Secretary of State in that year, they led the U.S. negotiations at the U.N. um, for an amendment to that Montreal Protocol that I had mentioned before. And basically, it said everyone agrees to curb their HFC emissions by about the amount that that this EPA rule is going to achieve um, through 2036. Hmm. So some green groups have opposed pollution trading programs over worries about the system being game. Europe is a little bit further ahead of us on dealing with HFCs, but they've had some problems in their program, no? Yeah, the one thing the White House is looking out for is illegal trade. And so uh, in addition to this rule, the administration is announcing they've formed a, a task force. It's going to be run partly by EPA and partly by the Department of Homeland Security. And it'll utilize their customs and law enforcement expertise, along with EPA's um, scientific expertise, to really crack down on imports uh, of HFCs. So officials were saying they've watched what happened in the EU, they've learned lessons from that, um, and they're hoping to apply that here so they can prevent illegal imports from becoming an issue. And before we go, remember to head over to politico.com slash pod survey and tell us what you think about Politico's shows. If you'd like us to make more burger joint references, or you'd like us to take more or less time of your day to talk about energy policy, let us know. So one more time, politico.com backslash pod survey. That's a regular politico.com site, then put a slash and pod survey. Carlos Prieto is our producer. Raghu Manavalan is our senior editor of audio. Our senior producer is Jenny Ament. Irene Noguchi is Politico Audio's executive producer. Our editors are Matt Daly and Gloria Gonzalez. I'm Annie Snyder, and we'll see you on Monday.
Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Did you know that Chevron supports the ambitions of the Paris Agreement? In fact, they've even tied their executives' compensation to lowering the carbon emissions intensity of their operations. Because it's only human to help power a brighter future.